Okay, so welcome to the um, Space Cadets podcast. Um, so we'll do an acknowledge- maybe an acknowledgement of country first. That's, yeah. our, that's our intro. That's our intro. <laughs> welcome to Space Cadets. Hey. Woo! Hello, we're here. Um, so- I mean, we're not here, but, yeah. you know, we're, we're in lockdown, but elsewhere. So we'd just like to acknowledge um, the traditional owners of the Ngunnawal land um, and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Um, Also, just letting you guys know that we'll have trigger warnings for this podcast going forward. Um, We'll be talking a lot about eating disorders. Um, We might call them Eds as well because one of... um, our loyal listeners wants us to reference Ed Sheeran, so it'll be called Ed. <laughs> we have nice. an Ed army. Um, but yeah, so oh we'll God. be talking about eating disorders. We're all Cheerios here. Yeah. That was really delayed. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're all Cheerios. <laughs> oh, God. Glee references left, right, and center. I have no idea what that is. I'm so glad I never looked <sighs> Glee because I never like fell oh into the whole like. Ooh, the sexy teacher who pulls on his students. It's so gross. It's so Hello. gross. But that that show I watch like to it's like one of those shows for my uh like hyperactiveness that I can just leave on in the background. And sometimes I'll tune in and be like, oh ill, that's gross. <laughs> yeah. It's like sometimes. you can have it's like you can have queer representation. But you also yeah. get what's his name, Mister Fucking Mister Shoe. Shoe, Mister Shoe. <laughs> Mister Shoe. You get you get queer people, but you also get Mister Shoe. That's the trade that queer people have to live with for representation. Hell yeah, white men anyway. everywhere, all the time. Anyway, it is Ed's. Anyway, um, just to go. start off with, just to start off with, I am Sinead. I use she/her pronouns. That's it. Okay, nice intro. That was such an awkward pause. And um, so we're doing this on Zoom at the moment because of COVID and we're in our first actual lockdown ever. Um, Also, my video is not working, so no one can see my face or my facial cues. So no one knows when I'm talking and that's going to make this a little bit hard. (laughs) It's fine. We're going to, we're getting used to Zoom. So apologies if it's a little bit shaky. Also, I was trying to prompt you to introduce yourself so you didn't forget this time, Um, but that's fine. Okay, um, and my name's Kat, so I use she, they pronouns. I forgot to mention my pronouns last time, so we thought we'll mention them this time. And we also have a special guest with us, um, Sabina. Ooh, I'm the mystery voice. <laughs> my name's Sabina, and I use <laughs> she, they pronouns, and I will be your weekly mystery voice, I guess. Very <laughs> sexy. We love it. We love it. Thank you. We also have <laughs> green hair. It's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I had a quarantine breakdown. Yeah, I was gonna be like, is this a lockdown job? Um, so- um I think I've made it my personality at this point that I change my hair every two weeks, like Ramona Flowers, and it's disgusting and cringy, but bit it of a manic pixie cope. dream girl moment. We love it. Of course. We all go through it, you know. Um, it's fine. I cut my um I cut my roommate's hair the other night. Um, she decided that like literally it was like the first day of lockdown. She decided she was like, Sinead, I need you to cut my hair for me. Or and like I was like, I'm not doing that. At first I absolutely refused. I have no hairdressing skills whatsoever, even like this, which kind of looks a bit shit. I went to like a hairdresser for. <laughs> um and so I love how but- you just ragged on your hairdresser there. <laughs> yeah. 
Rest sorry to my hairdresser if you're listening. I don't know why you would be, but sorry if you are. Um, but no, so Azra, for those of you who don't know my roommate, uh, the name is Azra, um, was about to cut a fringe and I was like looking at it and like she was literally holding her hair like this and was like about to cut it like here. And I was like, no, 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 do not do that. And so I ended up helping. And so we did a little lockdown hair cut for as, and now they have uh, Mia Wallace hair, which is very nice. Amazing. So, uh, Ed's. Sorry, that was a massive segue. Let's get into the actual topic. Yeah. How to say Do we you wanna... have ADHD without saying you have ADHD? <laughs> we somehow get onto fringe. <laughs> <laughs> um COVID will do that to you um so in terms of like I guess ED presentation ed presentation we're gonna call it ed because a few people have asked me if we're talking about erectile dysfunction no we are not we're not talking about we're not talking about dick on this channel um honestly please no my heart goes out to all of the sufferers of that poor poor people who suffer from fucking erectile dysfunction I don't care we'll do an episode on it They could. Rectal dysfunction. They could, I guess. Um, So, yeah. So, back to Ed's. How does it present? Um, Obviously, there's a lot of different presentations. And so, like, whatever we say, like, we're not going to armchair diagnose anyone. Um, But, like, this is how it can show. And it can, these are some of the ways it can show in people. Of course. And it's also, like, I guess our own experiences with it because uh eds or eating disorders can often be split up into uh three main categories which should be the anorexia the bulimia and ednos which is eating disorder otherwise not specified but the issue we're starting to divide those up into different presentations is that a lot of them a lot of people don't just have one if that makes sense mm-hmm. um a lot of people will exhibit behaviors from each and all of them and that can include obviously the first thing that comes to mind when anybody talks about eating disorders will be anorexia and stuff like that which will be my uh I guess not specialty but what I've experienced in the past um which was just mainly presents with uh food restriction as well as just an obsessive relationship with food and um, I know that uh Sinead has a bit more of experience with uh bulimia so maybe she might have some uh, recommendations on how that would present yeah. or just explanations. Yeah, hundred percent. I can jump in here if you want. I don't mean go to for it. If you agree, still talk. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you know bulimia is often thought of as like you know oh the like the eating disorder where people like vomit like that's like the you mm. know like that eating disorder. Like I didn't do that like at all. My whole thing was like and again like content warning, just like reiterating. Like my thing was yeah. very much abuse of like laxatives, abuse of exercise, like over mm. purging through over exercise and purging through like laxatives. Because fun facts, I don't have a gag reflex. Um, <laughs> Handy um, in some situations, not in others. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I was like at like my worst point. So I remember this. I was like maybe fourteen or so. Um, and my gym had like a leaderboard for like people who visited the gym most in like a month. Oh. And I like ended up at like the top of that leaderboard. And I think the most it was, I was like, it was like 42 visits in like a month. Oh, wow. 
and um yeah and like you know like obviously you know like I like over the counter laxatives or something that should honestly be banned <laughs> oh yeah but, but yeah like that's kind of more my experience with it and obviously that's not like the classic way I guess that people think bulimia presents but like I and I actually when I like got my diagnosis was really surprised because I was expecting it to be yeah like eating disorder disorder not otherwise specified but like my psychologist at the time was like actually like that is a presentation of bulimia through like binging and then purging um Mm. even though it's not purging in like the traditional sense because like the other the other component of bulimia is binge eating which is something I also suffer with and didn't realize until like last year that the reason that like binge eating was something I was suffering with wasn't just like a fucked up relationship with food it was actually also ADHD because Mm. of this like like the serotonin relationship to food that was like I I didn't realize that that was like what was giving me like a lot of serotonin and what would trigger like a binge eating episode for me and then yeah like because I hadn't controlled that properly and so I think there's also like a really big relationship between ADHD and eating disorders that isn't like as much specified like particularly with women like a lot of the women I know who have ADHD do also have some form of eating disorder as well which I think is really interesting. It's also super interesting to touch on uh, the usage of different types of medication that can be over the counter for eating disorders as Mm. well obviously we'll get more into this with our just kind of personal stories with our histories of eating disorders or EDS uh lucky listener that has a weird and cheering addiction <laughs> um but talking about things like heartburn medication and laxatives is a really important uh conversation around um eating disorders because a lot of those medications are over the counter and easily accessible but can quite easily also ruin someone's life because yeah, as soon as you get your hands on something that can make you feel like you're not going to want to eat or make food pass through you way way faster then uh it's all about that control which is I guess what that what eating disorders boil down to a lot of the time is control and that word and the meaning of it is a lot of people including like with uh, the discussions surrounding ADHD it's a lot about being able to control yourself and your surroundings or even just control yourself and your surroundings seem out of control um, or your brain or whatever the way you perceive uh, the outside world. So control is a really big discussion when talking yeah. about EDs and their presentation for sure. What am I looking for? Oops, what are you looking for? <laughs> sorry, my computer was just like, uh, welcome to Zoom life. My computer was just like, I'm about to die. And so I had to move inside and just try and figure out. Uh, nice. <laughs> Sinead was just moving around for a bit and it was very confusing. Um, <laughs> it was a silent <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't think I personally have um, an ed. I don't have mm. eds. But um, like, I think a lot of how society presents women or AFABs um, sort of pushes you into a mindset where a lot of your worth and your appeal comes from your relationship with food. Yes. And I think that makes it a little bit 
easier to get into that sort of whole mindset of developing heads, right? It yeah. sort of fosters this sort of community where you're encouraged to have this sort of behavior or unhealthy habits. Yeah, it's kind of especially so important um, that society can start to acknowledge that having such an unhealthy relationship with food as is like encouraged in dieting fads, and we'll touch on this a lot later with a few of the questions that we have for Q&A, but um, dieting fads are encouraged and so easily accessible and when you have those on the internet, especially with young underdeveloped minds, which is a lot of what we're talking about where uh, kind of the birth of an eating disorder in a person kind of comes about, uh, having those so easily accessible as well as things like laxatives and medication um, is just, uh, it's just a recipe for a horrible storm in a 14-year-old, I guess. Yeah, 100%. And then like as well, like I will probably touch on this as well later, but I don't know if anyone else remembers like ED Tumblr. Um, but that was yeah. Like, so yeah. <laughs> that was like, I don't know what the fuck so that dark. was. I don't want to like, yeah, I don't want to like trigger anybody with this, but like what the <laughs> fuck was that? <laughs> like what was who allowed who that allowed was crazy us at 14 to have unbridled access to the internet like jesus christ and to anyway. create like those kinds of like those words like thinspo was yeah. a thing like you would look at these women that were so obviously or like a, a fab would be kind of what i would believe but you'd look at these people and they would have just the, these sickly looks about themselves and you could tell they were so sick but your perception is so warped at that point that you're like oh that's beauty that's what I need to be and then alongside that photo of this to you gorgeous thin girl posing and sucking in and finding every angle she can possibly do to make herself look tiny right next to that is uh, a rainbow diet where you eat 200 calories a day and yeah. it's going to be a certain color to make it fun. <laughs> like, that is just insane that that was so easily accessible for yeah. somebody of that age. And yeah. being given your first kind of like freedom from your parents with like a phone to interact with the world, it's such a dark thing that presents so early on and is just so prevalent in the underside and underbelly of the internet that no one addresses ever also and then, like they just put oh sorry cat oh good you go oh okay and then i was gonna say and then people just like put a fucking like sports bra on it and like call it fitspo and suddenly it's okay like yeah because if you if like you like rap on fitspo it's like you're being like oh you like you're promoting obesity like if you're like actually this is kind of fucked you know like my whole <sighs> thing was like when I was in recovery I had to like unfollow so many like fitness accounts because exercise was like such a huge part and like I still have like a fucked up relationship with exercise but like exercise was such a huge part of like my eating disorder that like I had to unfollow all of these like like fit like fitspo accounts like when I and not even like fitspo mm. in like the traditional sense that it was like you know you should try this bad diet like even fitspo where it was like you just need to like be eating healthy and working out you know like even that could be like if you're like actually people should you know like maybe 
treat their bodies with respect in whatever form that may be for them it's like actually now you're promoting obesity anyway I have like a whole list of like fucking maybe think critically is like my (laughs) my but also like sorry yeah also like this insane idea that the women that you scroll through in these posts are all a single body type usually that like fitspo being fit and exercising well and eating well presents only like this so mm-hmm. I you're eat not well, this you're not trying to exercise yeah. well I do not look like that I don't look like and that also, yeah and also like not to be like hi I'm the disabilities officer but how fucking like ableist <laughs> you know like I think that exactly you know, mm. like I you know like just like actually you know like assuming that people have to be healthy and you promote health is like actually kind of fucked because like I'm not healthy and like I'm probably not going to be for a while and at the point where I would have been considered like healthy I guess by like this standard was like the point where I was at my most mentally ill maybe ever and like even you know like and like I know that like we're gonna go into our personal stories a little bit later but like after I was like in recovery I had like this period where like literally just medically for some reason I don't know if it was related to like my autoimmune disorder or like what it was or if it was just anxiety but I had this period of like like chronic nausea where like I literally like if I ate anything I would throw up and I was like super super sick all the time and I lost like a bunch of weight and everyone was like oh my god like are you okay like are you like you know like are you like like you're clearly sick but like when I was like like starving myself and torturing myself to get to that point people were like telling me I was doing the right thing like Mm. I don't know it was just a huge juxtaposition makes me feel like very angry (laughs) and yeah we'll talk about that I guess in one of the questions later but society is uh so quick to congratulate uh these like habits that would be considered disordered eating in somebody who was maybe on the smaller side in somebody who even if it's their natural body type might be a bit heavier like it's so society is so quick to be like yeah okay you look heavier it's fine for you to starve yourself but as soon as it becomes a problem and looks grotesque to them in the people that uh get so sickly that they're so thin uh that's when it becomes an issue and you're an eating disorder and you're a freak and you've got problems and shit like that so that conversation surrounding like what is okay with okay in quotation marks with disordered eating regarding like body size is something that is just insane as well. Mm. Like I've got, I've met a lot of people that have very obviously disordered eating problems, but because they might be slightly heavier, uh, it's perceived as them trying to get in shape and be healthy, but they're truly just not eating anything. <laughs> like when it yeah. boils down to it, we're congratulating people who are heavier for not eating. And then when it becomes too much because we've congratulated them too much, uh, we tell them that they're wrong and freaks yeah. and mentally ill at that point, if that yeah. makes sense. It's kind of hard to explain, I guess. <laughs> also, just a little sidebar. Um, you mentioned earlier about um, how eating disorders and how um this media sort of praises us for making ourselves smaller as like yeah um I find that really interesting because like 
yeah, they are trying to make us tiny. They're trying to make us tiny and make us want to be small so that we're easier, quote unquote, to control. And I find that really interesting, you know? Mm -hmm. Like also in like just body image Mm. image issues, like I'm a six foot two woman and I am often perceived as manly or anything like that because I'm taller, like or perceived as less, less feminine because I'm not very small and weak and fragile and frail and I don't look like a small little bird. And that contributes to disordered eating because the people that get eating disorders aren't just small white women. It's everyone. Everyone from, yes, small, little, already thin, tiny little babies to uh, people that may even be assigned male or anything like that. Like there's so much spec there's such a large spectrum to talk about when discussing eating disorders but I guess we can only talk about our own um relationship with it with our kind of presentations and also our gender identity is a really really big part of that because often people especially uh trans women are encouraged or fall into uh disordered eating patterns to appear more feminine and the fact that more feminine in quotations is considered a small fragile little bird woman is insane mm. i guess <laughs> <laughs> no 100 100 percent. um i've already kind of gone into a little bit of my personal story but did you want to have a bit of a chat about yours sure yeah so um i it was actually very very funny but not funny the way they fell into kind of disordered eating but it was a very cognizant choice for me at that age um I had been told that I was a bit on the heavier side by people that were in my life and encouraged to of course just like we just discussed I was encouraged because I was a bit heavier to eat a bit less and then something just clicked in my brain and I was like oh I guess I'm not gonna eat anything so Pretty much it was like a one day not, (laughs) next day really full on into it. It was a very strange circumstance, not something that you see super often, but Mm. it just shows the power of the influence of the internet that like what it had on my disorder was I basically found a Thinspo Tumblr page and that was it. I just, yeah, from there on out, that was it. And I used to like have a lot of issues with, like I like I said before, my main experience is with anorexia nervosa, and um, that is a little demon which is um, a linear relation, a linear relationship with recovery. You're cutting out a little bit and what's going to be healthy for me to sort through these thoughts. You were frozen Ooh, for I'm a frozen. bit. You were frozen for a bit. When um, did I leave off? Oh, I don't think your internet likes us. Am I back? Oh, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Say something again. Hello. Ah. Sabina, no. Sav. Hello. 
We might have lost Kev. Lost into the void. (laughs) I don't want to just like start talking about my experience, but I'm happy to if need be. We'll do it in the meantime. Um, We can come back to Sev when she comes back. (laughs) When she returns from the internet dead zone. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I've kind of already touched on my experience a little bit, but mine was definitely very much driven by the fact that I, oh, we've really lost them. Um, She's in the waiting room. Should I bring her in? Oh, yeah. Okay. Is she, is she in? Sorry, everybody. Technical difficulties. I'm back. Yeah. Good. Yay. Sorry about that. (laughs) Sorry, guys, my internet did cut off because I live in a tiny little very old house in O'Connor, so it's not really best for connection. Where did I leave off? (laughs) You said Um, anorexia nervosa, and then I think it cut off after that. Oh, dang. I don't even know. But, yeah, I basically have just had a really, really long relationship with a... uh, very very repetitive process of recovery and also um of course with we'll talk about this a bit later later but the recovery of um eating disorders is very non-linear so my fair share of relapses and falling back into all disordered habits and just trying to sort that out but I think I'm getting to a point soon enough where I will be a bit healthier with my relationship to food and that's really exciting that's kind of where my story kind of loosely sits, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that like, I mean, a hundred percent, like it's definitely not linear. And I think that like relapse is such a common thing, like both in terms of like what would be considered like a like medical like relapse relapse. And then in terms of like, I don't think that way of thinking ever really leaves you or at least mm. for me. Like, I don't think it's, like, ever anything I'm going to be shut of. Like, <laughs> I think, you know, yeah. I'm always going to have to wake up every day and be, like, actually just because you overate yesterday still means you're allowed to eat today. Yeah, and there's also, like, these discussions behind, like, the recovery community and conversation about words that people use. Like, often people say that your eating disorder is, like, another little person sitting in your brain and they just basically kick you in the frontal cortex until you listen. And it's yeah. uh, basically every day trying to ignore it. So, um, of course, that kind of relationship with eating disorders or EDS and um, recovery is different for everybody. But I find commonly with people that I speak to and also my own experience that it's something that will probably stick around for a good long while. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I was saying to Kat just before, while you were dropping out, um, I kind of touched on my experience a little bit before, but um, my experience was kind of, I guess, a lot more like the slow descent. Like there were so Mm. many like contributing factors that kind of like ended up to me being like where I was. And like, don't get me wrong, I don't think it's like one of those moments where it's like if one thing had changed, then I wouldn't have gotten this eating disorder. Like, but I just think like there were a lot of things that kind of contributed to it. 
first of which being I was a very sporty kid who went to a very like sporty school for like primary school and I played like a bunch of different sports like I did taekwondo I did gymnastics I did acrobatics I did soccer I did netball like I did everything and I did like a massive amount of like you know like exercise and physical activity and I'm also someone like I'm quite short I'm five foot three um and I'm on like the smallest side in terms of like how I'm built like I have quite a small torso I'm like pretty short um and because I was doing so much sport I would sport 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 sport. um (laughs) sport I was always like pretty skinny and then I um had a kind of a rough time when I was younger just in terms of like personal shit that happened and ended up moving schools um in year six and in like year seven ish at like around the same time that I started to like you know develop and when like you develop you put on like some weight into before you can like like my mum always (laughs) very nice way of putting it my mum always used to say you go out and then you go up um (laughs) but um Mm -hmm. I like I was going through that period of like putting on some weight I was starting to grow some boobs like and at around that same time I ended up quitting a lot of the sports that I've been doing just out of like circumstance like some of them I aged out of like I aged out of junior acrobatics um my netball team like wasn't playing anymore the school like the soccer team I was playing was related to my old school and I'd moved schools like it just like like through pure circumstance, I ended up like dropping out of every single sport that I'd been doing at this period where I was already putting on weight. And it ended up like, I ended up putting on like a massive amount of weight in a like really short amount of time. And then like to the point where it was like noticeable and like people like in my family were commenting on it, people in like, you know, like my general surrounds were commenting on it, which like fucked by the way, I was 12. Um, and like, you know, I was like, I got super insecure about it and, you know, like, because I didn't feel like I could go back to team sports, I like waited, like I waited on my 14th birthday and then on my 14th birthday, I joined the gym and I got super into like online, like exercise. Like I don't want to like name and shame because I think that like, I don't think like her platform is intended for this, but like, I got super into blockalates, um, and I got super into a, like a lot of those other like kind of like Fitzbo blogging sort of things. This was around the time I was on Tumblr and like fell into like ED Tumblr um, and like a lot of different circumstances. And then it was kind of like this slow descent into like, um, you know, like really over-exercising like to the point where I was like every single day, like two hours a day in the gym. And then that led into like when I felt like that wasn't getting me anywhere fa- like fast enough, that kind of led into like laxative abuse um which was like and because I couldn't didn't feel like I could control myself enough I was like binge eating and then like purging that you know and it ended up becoming a vicious cycle and honestly like I know we have a question on this somewhere later but it didn't get as bad as like it probably could have and I was really really lucky because of my mum actually um so like I don't want to go into like a bunch of other people's stories but my mum had seen like eating disorders get really bad really fast before and like this kind of descent from like over like exercising to over exercising to like binging and purging was kind of like over the period of like over a period of like six to eight months or so Mm -hmm. um and my mum kind of picked up on it when like she was like you're maybe going to the gym too much um, <laughs> more than um, once a day <laughs> this is this is not normal 
And Mm. my mum had seen like eating disorders get quite bad quite fast before. And she kind of like knew what to do in terms of like sending me to like therapy and like taking me to like the doctor and stuff like that and making sure I went into like a program and, you know, like stuff like that, which was honestly like the only reason I think it didn't get bad to the like bad, bad point. And I know someone sent in a question about like what point family should step in. And honestly, like, I know that this is something that could be dicey for other people, but like, honestly, for me, if like someone hadn't stepped in at that point, I probably would have gotten a lot worse. And like, that's also the same point. Like I started going into therapy for that. And that was also what got me diagnosed with like depression and, you know, like other stuff like that. Like this was all at around the same time. You gave me um, mental health issue. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And yeah, like this was all around the same time as like, I was really struggling, like struggling quite badly with like major depressive disorder. And um, like, honestly, 14 was a really shitty year for me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I ended up getting a lot of support because of that. And I really appreciate my mum stepping in when she did, even though at the time I was like, I hate you. Um, Yeah. But I guess, like, that's me. I'm really sorry if that was, like, very in-depth. No. But, you know, <laughs> um, that's kind of, like, my experience with that. And, like, I just want to add as well, like I said, so I ended up, like, being deemed, like, by my doctor, like, recovered just after my 16th birthday, I think, or maybe just before my 16th birthday, around around my 16th birthday. Anyway, um, and... I just after that, like a couple months after that, fell really, really badly into like this chronic nausea um, that like wasn't related to my ED like at all. I just got really sick Um, and I don't, I still to this day do not know what caused it, but like I had to go on to like prescription medication, like anti-nausea like stuff so I could like eat. And I ended up again, like losing most of the weight that I put on in recovery, like to the point where I lost more weight than I ever lost while I was suffering. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, I think that, um, sorry, I just got an email. Um, <laughs> and I think that that was really like, I, like, I still consider that like I would like it triggered what was nearly badly a very bad relapse because I was like, well, you know, like I'd never really struggled with anorexia, but because I wasn't eating, it was kind of like, well, you know, like, I lost all this weight from not eating. Maybe I should just like not eat, you know? And then obviously after I got better from the chronic nausea, there was like a period where I put on, like put on that weight again and then, you know, kind of really struggled with that. But it's very complex and multi-layered and it's just like a lot. And I've probably info dumped too much for today and we should move into some Q&A, but that's me. (laughs) Um, I just realized that that I very much... I think have teetered on the edge of Ed's for a while. Like listening to your story, I was like, wow, we were the same kid. I wasn't a sporty, but (laughs) I was part of like swim squad for a while. And Mm -hmm. I got really, really into being fit and being this idea of a picture of health, Um, especially because throughout my childhood, I guess, as like, I'm shorter than Sinead and that says something. Oh, sorry. I just banged my head on the headboard. Um, but yeah, oh. no, like being super short, having been skinny my whole life. Um, I used to be bullied for that for some reason. Oh. Um, and my mum told me that 
obviously I wasn't eating healthily enough. So I got obsessed with this idea of health and this idea that food could make me healthy because clearly exercise wasn't making me healthy enough. Um, So I got really a little bit obsessive with my eating habits just because I wanted to not be this sickly, skinny person that people were perceiving me to be. And also because people perceived me not to have problems because I was skinny. Um, That fed a lot into my idea of like, oh, I should be bigger so that people acknowledge me, which is like the complete opposite, I guess, um, experience. But I felt like people were invalidating me because of that. Um, And so I felt like I had to get bigger. And so instead of, like I didn't do the purging part, but I definitely did the binging part. And I definitely mm. reached that point when people would compare me and go like, well, this is how you looked like in the past. And it was so weird, sort of the conflicting image of me going like, well, I have to have them validate me, but also mm. um, this is all I am. So if I, have, if I don't have skinny, I'm nothing. Yeah, that's a very, 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 mm. very big like thought process in having an eating disorder like I said before with control it's like if you cannot control anything else you can control what you look like is like kind of what my thought process was like I came from a home that wasn't too uh steady in the early early years of my childhood I had a not so great father and my mom was really really hard working but also had her own struggles with food and consumption so that influence was consistently around um as well as um i believe at the time my dad had and probably still has like this extreme desire to have a perfect family and the image of a perfect family was one that went to basically surf club every weekend and went to dinners with his friends and could present cleanly sort of vibe it is a golf dad, but a very cool golf dad, if that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, this um, there's definitely like this aspect of like in my childhood, I was very much like I can't control any of this and I have nothing I can do against these adults because at that point, I'm a child. I shouldn't have to control it. But for some reason, the only thing that bought me any sanity was being able to control myself, which then just turned into something that was disordered and horrible. Mm. So I think it's a really, really important discussion among families, is especially if you have young individuals that you can, like, I don't know, if you've, if you've got an influence on somebody, you should be having a good influence on somebody mm. if you can like especially from a parental perspective just not prioritizing the way your kids look is just like a baseline Mm. so I know that a lot of people have a lot of these disordered eating issues from uh experiences with mothers who push that onto their children you see that a lot in like the pageant circle um which is of course, like a really publicized version of EDs and their influence. And um, like a lot of uh, parents will push their own mental health onto their kids 
and that's a big big source of EDs especially from like a mother to daughter relationship and that's something that definitely had an influence on me my mum was an like and still is an amazing mother and never did any of it intentionally but I guess another question that we had that popped up and we might as well I guess start teetering into the Q&A which look how structured we are um we really tried this time guys my dearest oh god my I can't see any of the chat anymore oh no true um Um, well that's okay I guess I can read them out and you can yeah yeah, you can answer if you like yeah that sounds good and if you guys have anything please chime in because of course I'm not uh eating the sword of god I don't know enough (laughs) about everybody and of course like we've discussed it presents differently in everybody so just want to reiterate these are our experiences and our experiences with recovery and influence. Um, and please, 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 if you if you think that you might even be like experiencing some disordered eating, seek professional help. Don't go off what you hear from a podcast, but like yeah. The other thing I might okay. the other thing I might add is if we can, we're going to get um our producer to include some links to some resource centers Mm -hmm. in um Mm -hmm. the like link when you're listening to this uh on spotify which is how everyone's going to be listening to it this week because we are not recording live (laughs) (laughs) we don't want people okay if you guys oh exactly uh this isn't a uh here's how to fix reading disorder guide this is a our experiences and how we found what we found as individuals helpful but if you guys want to smack me with some cues I can whip out some A's <laughs> do you want to go with the first one Sinead sure I can uh so the first question we have got is Archmethyl our commercial health applications such as my fitness power which are meant to be facilitating a healthy lifestyle actually promoting an unhealthy lifestyle by creating habits of calorie counting before you answer this i'd also like to hear from you about like fasting apps as well like zero i don't know if you're familiar with zero but like kind of including like that kind of intermittent fasting aspect in this yeah yeah so calorie counting apps are one of the biggest things in like a community like of course again my experience is primarily with anorexia nervosa but um we we kind of encourage like I said these calorie counting apps to get healthy but can't really or don't really choose to acknowledge how uh easily people with eating disorders can utilize these apps um and programs to basically further the veracity of like their eating disorders so the person that asked me this question uh actually is somebody that's very close to me in my life and has watched me uh suffer through my eating disorder as well as somebody who might as well be struggling with it and the biggest thing is that um giving somebody so young the accessibility to so easily count exactly what they're eating down to the exact type of milk that they have in their coffee is the one of the biggest contributing and was one of the biggest contributing factors to my eating disorder um, was that I would count everything, everything from the oil that I used to cook with to sesame seeds that I put on top of whatever steamed broccoli I was eating. Like 
these apps give people the ability to be able to very cognizantly know what they're putting into their bodies. Um, and that can really harvest some disordered eating. But there's also apps like you discussed that encourage fasting, which is just a crazy concept that that is so accessible to young, young people is that I would feel so proud of myself when I had a record of like four days on that little timer clicking over four days that I hadn't eaten. And it would just give me the validation I needed to be like, okay, I did that means I can do it again. And it just, it's a, it's a slippery slope to go down. So definitely um, these apps are very, very irresponsible. And I'm sure the creators know exactly what, <laughs> what they, what these are being used for. But I know that a lot of people within the community do utilize them to keep on a very, very strict diet like never before because before you would have to put a lot more research into it. Now you can just type in exactly what a Smith bag of chips is worth or a half or a quarter of an avocado. Like it's that down to those very, very minute details which can harbor extremely disordered eating. So I would definitely recommend if you are looking into getting into one of those apps, don't. <laughs> it's okay. don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. It's a very, very, very slippery slope and can turn into something extremely vile extremely quickly. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I honestly don't have much to add to that. Um, obviously, I have a little bit less experience with those apps. I do have, like, I do, I will admit that I do and have at point, have points in my life had them on my phone. Um, but again, like, I think that, yeah, it's, it's a slippery fucking slope, right? Like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> and, you know, it's the same sort of thing with, like, you know, anything that, like, say people in the fitness industry might promote as, like, you know, like, their, you know, like, tracking apps or stuff like that, right? Where, you like, you track your macros and you track your workouts, like, and they subtract and add calories to, like, your, like, allowance, I guess, right? Like, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's that concept is insane, like, a human body, especially like AFAB, uses different amounts of energy every day. <laughs> mm. And trying to so closely keep track of, like, I'll be completely open about it. When I was at the worst point in my eating disorder, I would eat a maximum of 25 calories a day. And I had the ability to do that because I knew exactly what a quarter of an apple was worth because mm. of these apps. Um, and I also think it's really important to acknowledge um, when talking about, again, like we were talking before, areas which family can step in and help out, um, the point in which someone downloads that app, especially for me, was a massive turning point in my disorder to the worst. Like that's, that's really a spot, like of course, a lot of, like some people won't be using them, some people don't. Um, and they still have disordered eating. But if you observe somebody that you love and care about, whether that's family or friends, keeping track of every single thing that they eat, mm. it's definitely a point in which to have a chat. And if you can catch yourself also before downloading one of those apps and utilizing it, that's a really, really important step because that's, I guess, where we just start getting exponentially more calories. Yeah, no, 100%. Short, short, long story short, those apps are horrible, down to hell. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Did you want to go, Kat? No, I was just thinking like we might be running out of time. <laughs> oh, do you want to go through just a couple of the questions? I'll speed answer them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So someone mentioned um how their eat unhealthy eating habit habits um often go praised and sort of feed into the disorder. Um, how can we see a change in this? I guess. Yeah, so um, something one of my uh, close friends does is she recently lost a lot of weight um, and she gets praised for that and she also just asks people not to, even though she doesn't have a eating disorder, um, discussing people's bodies is not necessary, whether it's uh, to praise them for being thinner or to shame them for being heavier, there is uh, no reason to discuss other people's bodies. Get, get out of it stop that <laughs> it's not necessary so I guess like something we can sort of work to get rid of that sort of thing being a compliment um is to call people out when they praise us on stuff like that yeah regardless of whether Just... you have an eating disorder or not and sort of getting the habit of challenging those ideas yeah it's a very 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 uh it's very thin ice when discussing people's bodies. And yeah. if you haven't been asked to, just don't. If mm-hmm. somebody doesn't ask you about something, there is no need to comment on their body, whether that's talking about anything to do with uh, essay or that discussion or eating disorders. You do not need to talk about someone's body. It's not your right. Um, I guess also, like, how do people... How do people go about helping others when they recognize that they might have some unhealthy eating habits going on the biggest thing is push them towards a professional really push them towards a professional and the same goes about commenting on people's bodies if you notice that someone's looking unwell and you think that might be because of an eating disorder push them towards a professional provide them the support that you can as a friend my recommendation is don't try to help them recover because that is a very very complicated process so pushing them towards professional help of any kind is ideal Mm. Uh, well obviously try to help them recover but you are the professional be very very careful yeah and make sure that they also have professional support as well as personal support yeah exactly and making sure that you don't comment on your bodies that yeah um you're helping them feel good about who they are that they have control over other things in your life maybe exactly and you can also a really really great thing to include is compliments that don't revolve around someone's body Hmm. like hey I really really like the color of your hair or you have beautiful eyes or I really really love that shirt things that will make them feel confident but will not bring attention to their body from especially in group settings, it can be very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, so I guess like another one of our questions was when should families step in? And it's when they recognize that something's going on, I guess. As soon, straight away, yeah. don't yeah. let it happen. You, yeah. It's not worth the risk of just sitting aside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that would Happen 100% be my time. thing as well. Like mm. my, like, you know, the fact that like my mom stepped in when she did is a hundred percent the reason why it never got like, you know, to like a dangerous point with me. And I, 
you know, like I don't know exactly what everyone else's experience is, but I would 100% encourage like as soon as you recognise something is going on, like step in. And the same thing, educate, 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 learn about what this person's going through so that you can better support them from a family member's perspective and push them towards professional help. And, like, listen as well. Listening is so important. Listen, yeah. You don't have to understand to the T what they're going through because ultimately you're not not them, right? You don't have the same life experiences. Mm. You don't have the same build build up of Mm. um, different chemicals, et cetera. Um, And sort of just making sure they know that you're there for them instead of mm. just being there for yourself to try and understand it from your perspective is very important. Yeah. Um, and as support role, don't bring attention to yourself. That's not, that's not your role. Yeah. That's a really big thing is um, eating disorders are primarily a battle that someone fights within themselves. So having a second person there to stand with them, while also, of course, professional help, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> Please, the sooner you can get somebody in professional help, you can save lives. Just yes. get get them get them help. You can yeah. this is like eating disorders are you're discussing someone's life because there comes a point where it's too far. And getting them that help is amazing, but also just standing beside them and being there for them was something that I didn't receive a lot of. I received a lot of uh, community um within the eating sort of like community sorry um that made no sense i received a lot of support with having it sort of from the eating sort of community so um giving someone something to group onto reality with is a really really great mm. resource yeah i think our whole entire podcast all our episodes are just going to be like seek therapy please everyone <laughs> Go get therapy, please. <laughs> even go. if you're fine, even if you think yeah. you're good, go chat. Everyone just go to therapy. This is literally like yeah. a thing I have. I think even if you're like totally mentally well, like totally fine, I at some point in your life, you need to see a therapist. Yeah. Like literally, it's just good to like, it's a healthy way to express your emotions, you know, and like it's like that Facebook post where it's like the world if dads went to therapy. And it's like that, like utopian yeah. kind of like, and I think it's like that's like the world if everyone went to therapy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is so important. And I think it's a really big red flag for me. And it's sort of, it's definitely a deal breaker. If someone doesn't seek self-improvement and go to therapy, like if they don't seek out that help, like they might not, there might be obstacles in the way for them seeking professional help. And I understand that. But if they're making the effort to try or they're trying to get to that point where they can accept professional help, I'm just like, that's a green flag. You're trying to acknowledge you're not, at your finest because no one is at their finest let's be honest and also let's form a space cadets uh protest to go kick scott morrison until he gives everyone free free therapy so it's no longer a privilege but a right to go to therapy (laughs) we've got a we've got a i hate how it's on private health insurance and medicare rebate doesn't really cover a lot of it exactly so so expensive it should be Scotty from marketing, please. <laughs> please. Where's my fucking therapy? Yeah. <laughs> um, ooh, really 
interesting one. How do parents encourage kids to eat healthy without encouraging an ED? An Ed, sorry. My, yeah, an Ed, Ed Sheeran. Um, <laughs> my really, really Don't big thing was that... <laughs> Shape of me. <laughs> Shape of me. <laughs> um, yeah, a really, really, really big thing that um, I found really detrimental was, um, and my mom knows about this, is that a lot of her language surrounding food was really bad. Um, so just really, really, really watching what you're saying. And then also, if, you're, if your child has an eating disorder, don't try to encourage them to be healthier, like in a sense of eating healthier, like eating, you know, what's a traditionally healthier um just just try to encourage them to eat so if like the really really big thing for me was that when I was eating if it was an unhealthy thing people would comment on it being unhealthy and then instantly I'd be like oh fuck well I can't eat this just if your child has an eating disorder or you think they can have an eating disorder encourage them to again get the right help but also don't shame them for what they're eating there's no reason to do that because when they're eating great they're eating something I guess yeah. that makes sense um, <laughs> in my head but. I guess also another thing is instead of encouraging them to eat some things and focusing on the food itself focus more on the habits that you want them to develop mm. with food I think that yeah. would make like make a lot more sense for me in terms of encouraging them to be quote-unquote healthier is to just encourage them to have healthy relationships with their food with control um, and yeah. that way you directly target the things that cause eating disorders, right? Yeah, exactly. We're targeting think... the unhealthy eating habits. So if you sort of target the habits and your behaviors around food, then you will be helping them essentially. Yeah, exactly. I guess um, I was poorly wording it, but I guess it's more of a, you don't really have, like you are their parents and of course that is an amazing relationship that you have with your child but if you're using that relationship to shame them for the things that they are eating then uh that's not great <laughs> that's a no-no <laughs> that's a big no-no <laughs> yeah oh uh, also something we wanted to add um it's okay if you can't see your progress because obviously mm. Ed's are very prevalent. Um, people are very focused on the shape of you. Um, and society is very focused on that. I needed to add that in for Bella. Shout out to Bella. Shout out to Bella. Also, can I take one second for Kat is very unwell at the moment and is on, like, is doing this podcast on in the most insane circumstances in the middle of COVID after a dual surgery on both of her ankles. Can yeah. we just get a round of applause for Kat? Because yeah. hell yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm so drugged up right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I've only been able to like poop twice in the last week. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, Pain meds really been doing it to me. Um, So luckily I do have laxatives, but their doctor approved. It's okay. Doctor approved it's laxatives. Hell yeah. For my poop habits. Um, but yeah, so it's very easy to fall back into societal comfort, I guess, of being like, oh, 
this is a chill thing this is what I'm comfortable with and it's okay to relapse because recognizing oh shit I relapsed let's try and work on it again is helping yourself yes and recognizing that you have something to work on trying to work on it putting in that effort is working on it and and communicating yeah and you're automatically improving because you're aware of the things that you want to resolve within yourself yeah it's you don't instantly recover linear like recovery isn't linear like we've discussed uh eating disorders can often be a a demon that sticks with you for a very 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 long time I know people that have had them for 30 40 plus years um and it's a very 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 important discussion to that even just acknowledging that you have a problem is a step in the right direction so if there's anybody out there and this podcast today has just uh clicked something in you seek some help because you are on the right track and even if you're doing baby steps you're doing something yeah and it we see you and we're so proud that you're confronting unhealthy eating habits and that you're working on yourself like that is such a big green flag and we would totally thank all of you (laughs) if I was single we will cheer you on space cadets space cadets small cheer club yeah, let us you can be also hire us for, for Valentine's, what are they called? Singing grams. <laughs> yeah. We only sing, sing Ed Sheeran for Bella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're proud of you for confronting um, or being becoming aware of the fact that you mm. may or may not have an eating disorder it's you got this people have it you got it more than you think you do (laughs) Uh uh-huh you Uh really do that's such a peace sign moment Sinead oh (laughs) oh my god (laughs) was there anything else you wanted to check about um so you also mentioned I'm not sure if you checked out before this um but like society discussing dieting and unhealthy eating habits why are these considered okay if you're heavier or if they're working yeah like oh yeah I think we sort of touched we did touch on this a little bit but just remember that other people's eating habits and like aren't really your business like unless you're a close friend or a family member like don't comment again on someone's weight or body or eating habits it's not your place um unless you believe something is wrong uh which in most cases it is gently approach that person especially don't comment on eating habits or bodies in large social situations because you don't know what pe- what people have got going on up top it's the best like the biggest thing um and also love all shapes love all of the shapes like healthy (laughs) healthy looks different on every single person Mm. so someone being a bit heavier could be like first of all the fact that I have to say a bit heavier for people to get what I mean disgusting (laughs) like that's so messed up but even if you aren't the picture perfect Victoria's Secret model, like 
look of what society perceives as healthy and beautiful, you are beautiful and you are trying your best. And as long as you have a healthy relationship with food, then who gives a fuck? Ultimately, who gives a fuck? It's just bodies. It's just bodies. Um, I guess to wrap up as well, we should probably talk about, alongside seeking professional help, some strategies for healing. Of course. Do you have anything at all, Sinead? Um, I guess my thing is just reminding yourself that, like, and this is something I have to do for myself, like, a lot. I kind of touched on this before we started, but just reminding myself that, like, the world doesn't exist in black and white and just because mm-hmm. I like ate X, you know, like doesn't mean I can't have Y and also like any step towards getting better, it, it will help. Like you don't have to be perfect all the time. I think that's more, I was trying to like find the best way to put this into words, but I think that's like, I know this is like a very abstract way to heal, but I think just reminding myself that like I don't have to have the perfect linear recovery. I don't have to have the perfect relationship with food. If I'm doing slightly better, then that's good. Like I think that like I'm like, I know that like a lot of my issues both with like mental health and definitely with EDS as well um, definitely stem from like a level of control issues and I have like quite bad control issues. I constantly feel like I need to be in control of everything and I have a very high degree of perfectionism, which I think is something that is really common in people with EDs. Um, like I know at least like a lot of the people I know who have EDs are like very perfectionist, like they want to be the best, they want to be perfect. And I think reminding myself that like it doesn't have to be perfect is really helpful for me, both in terms of like disordered thoughts when it comes to eating and just healthy eating habits in general because like because of my ADHD and because I'm like a very busy person as well like a lot of the time I'll struggle with like making dinner or like making lunch or like meal prepping or anything like that and I you know like sometimes have to remind myself actually you know what it's better that you eat this deconstructed sandwich than you get McDonald's and that's like you know like doing better because like not it's not like you can't have McDonald's or anything like that but like that's definitely like somewhat of a trigger food for me and you know like I'd you know like I have to remind myself that like just because I did one thing that wasn't totally perfect doesn't mean I have to say fuck it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. recovery is a very very slow process a lot of um society can also there's a massive like it's counter counter side there's this perfect image of recovery of um, turning your eating disorder into something else and often that can't be the case. So just acknowledging and making strides to be better or communicating that you need help is often the best first start. You can't, it's not something that you can easily do yourself. Um, So just communicate, 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 get people around you to educate and just, just, try your best (laughs) try your best um I found it was really helpful for me to uh delete things like those calorie counting apps and things like that and then also rewarding myself for good behavior so I have I've eaten a whole bunch for the past few weeks hell yeah that's awesome I'm in quarantine that's going to be amazing to enjoy food and have something to do I'm a baker I love baking the cinnamon um, scrolls. So, oh. oh, 
Oh, shout out to Sweet Bones because working there is the best and I get to eat so many Cinnabons at home. But um, like, yeah, it's really, really, really important to acknowledge that everyone's journey is going to be different with recovery. So just finding those things that are going to help you and then communicating to others what they can do to help is really the biggest thing as well as professional help, everyone. <laughs> yes, go to therapy. Mm. Awesome. Alrighty, I uh, think that's everything for today. Yeah, yeah. We've been that going on like double the length that we usually go for, but I think we're allowed to. <laughs> that's fine. We've yeah. got the time slot. We're fine. <laughs> um. So Alrighty. yeah. I guess this is us spacing out. I think that'll yes. be a really. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really cute way to end it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's I like really casual. like that. Thanks out to Yeah. Thank you for coming onto our podcast, Sabina. Um, Thank I'll you just for recording now. And we Thank can keep having. chatting. <laughs>